Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees, and today we're joined by one of my oldest, long-distance, long-term referee friends from uh, all the way across the internet. You've seen him on ICW No Holds Barred, you've seen him most recently on Game Changer Wrestling, you've seen him at IWA Mid-South for many years, you've seen him at Paradigm. Uh, please welcome Sean Manbun O'Brien. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Odie? How you doing, bro? That was a hell of an introduction. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I, I try to, you know, make my uh, guests sound as good as possible, make sure that people are at least a little interested to hear what you guys are going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you said one of the oldest, man. I think uh, I like I remember when you started the group, the Zebra Talk group and to see what it's flourishing to is incredible, bro. So kudos to you like all day for everything that you've created. So. Thank you. And I mean that too. Like you're, uh, there's like a core group of probably like 10, 20 people that like were in the group, like right away that I didn't know previously. And it yeah. was like you and Max Recon, you know, AJ Kissinger, uh, Sean Pittman from over in like North Carolina, like Ivan down in, uh, you know, like South America. Like it's been really cool to like, you know, not just watch, obviously I'm experiencing it myself, but like have those relationships like mature and grow into like actual like friendships and business relationships and like see what you do with your career and all kinds of stuff and the influences that you have on the group. It's, it's been great. So thanks for being a part of it and for being a positive part of it too. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It, well, and you know, one of my favorite, you know, mantras that you hear, you know, in the business and stuff is leave the business better than you found it. And I think Zebra Talk definitely does that. You know what I mean? So that's definitely something that has been a, a big hill for me to die on throughout my whole life. But like most, especially, like you said, in wrestling recently, you know, like uh, we like sleep on couches and stuff like that, you know, obviously on the road and whatnot. And that's something that's always been in the back of my mind. You know, like when you go to like leave somebody's house after you've been crashing, they're like, make sure you tie to that place up. Same thing with wrestling, you know, yeah. you just crashed on pro wrestling's couch for a couple of years. You better make sure that place is nice and tidied up when you leave. <laughs> Sure, man, for sure. <laughs> uh, so let's tell people a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get involved in professional wrestling? Where do your origins in professional wrestling lie? Like, did you watch your whole life? Have you been a fan forever? Mm -hmm. Did you grow up going to shows? Go ahead and tell your story a bit. Sure. Well, so I've uh, been a fan pretty much my whole life. You know, there's a gap where everybody doesn't watch for a little bit. But sure. uh, I was very fortunate to grow up in the Louisville, Kentucky area. And um, and in this area, you know, OVW has been here for years. And then right. back when I they had the, the de developmental contract and stuff. So, like, you know, I grew up going to see John Morrison and, you know, John Cena and like all these guys as they were developing and stuff. And um, uh, one of the first like live pro wrestling memories I have was, was you know, going to see Matt Morgan. But what, what was kind of crazy was I really didn't have much of an exposure to independent wrestling mm -hmm. because of. I was always just a WWE or WWF, WWE, WCW guy, you know, and then with OVW in town, it was even more so like I had no clue about anything outside of that. Um, it was almost and, like you had an end to how your fandom was like being created. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. Like as far as, you know, going to like pro wrestling, you know, live pro wrestling shows and stuff, it was like I was seeing you know i was seeing these guys on the ground level as far as like seeing them develop and stuff and it was crazy sure. um what and, and of course i had dreams of being a wrestler um whenever i was a younger kid and stuff but like i was already so um nose deep in the music mm -hmm. that it really not even 
in my sights just because my I had two dreams when I was a kid, which is kind of crazy, is either work in the music industry or being a professional wrestler. You know what I mean? And so, or being in the pro wrestling. But, um, and so I, I went really hard with the music stuff and I was trying to make it work was singing in professional choirs, singing in, you know, R&B groups, writing original music and different stuff. Um, the first, like, I guess, um, exposure where I was like, I have to be a part of this business was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I worked at Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom, which is like a theme park, you know, deal or whatever. And um, they used to do OVW at Six Flags. And I worked in the entertainment department, which like they would set up the catering and all that stuff. And then we could right. eat with the all that and at the time like cm punk was at ovw and um deuce and domino were there uh santino morello was doing a um like a russian mma gimmick okay. that was fire <laughs> it was so good <laughs> Dope. Uh, so like you know i was working in the ovw locker room not really a part of ovw but in the ovw locker room on a i want to say it was like every other week they would do ovw shows for like sure. a you know, summer period of time, it was probably about two, three months. And so that was just an experience being back there, chopping it up with these guys like, oh, my God, these are real people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is something that like is achievable that like you can actually like find a way into this. What? <laughs> but as I, as I was saying, I was already pretty deep in the music. Even at this point, this is my senior year of high school. Sure. Well, then fast forward a few years, um, ended up. Um, I got an opportunity through my cousin-in-law. Um, he was actually a wrestler at the time. Um, he didn't really travel a whole lot or really get out much. And he worked for one company in the area, kind of an entry-level type company. Um, and uh, went to a show with him. And I was like, dude, what the heck is this? You know what I mean? Like, it was, um, there was some really cool people that I ended up later in life becoming really good friends with. Um, sure. Like, Amazing Maria, uh, Amazing Maria, um, Reverend Ronnie Roberts, who's now on OVW, mm -hmm. um, different people like that. And um, so and I more or less was, you know, showing up to those shows and checking it out. And I was just like, if I could find a way, be a way or find a way to get into this, like I'm going to do whatever I have to type stuff. So um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much how i ended up getting into the business i was more or less just throwing a referee shirt you know at that company here you just, go kid uh, get it done <laughs> yeah uh, and so uh but that was kind of how my journey into the business i guess began but yeah I've, I've always been a fan on and off um it just i always had you know i'm very one track minded when it comes to my dreams and yeah. uh i went very hard on the music and um and literally happened music <laughs> wrestling and uh Obviously, I made my choice, but <laughs> right. Uh, I love the, uh, you know, like that's one of my favorite parts about doing these interviews is like, obviously, I've known you for years now, and like we've, uh, you know, met each other in person a few times and like, uh, you know, communicated online a lot, but like we've never really like had the opportunity just because there's never been a reason to talk about it, to talk about music before. Like I was in choir for like my whole life. Uh, I was in church choir. I was, you know, a musical theater major. Like, so to hear you talking about, you know, like being so passionate about music and it being your original dream and everything, theater was my original dream. You know, like it's, it's cool to hear, you know, like that's the whole point of the podcast is the different, like, you know, intricacies and facets of what make a person who they are. And right. not just what? a dude in a shirt. <laughs> Well, and you were saying as far as like the theater stuff, like I would trust me, I was a theater geek and choir geek in high school. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and so that was that was a driving force of whenever I finally realized that like 
pro wrestling is the exact like exact perfect example of theatrics and of sports and you just mix them together i was uh, you know i played football then i also was doing theater like literally i would um leave football practice early so that i could get to you know, whatever we were working on practice at five o'clock you know what I mean? nice. <laughs> like, so yeah it was it was a grind it, like it was funny because there was at one point like um somebody had made fun of my diet at the time because I used to eat like four or five double cheeseburgers. Like it was nothing, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Just, just but I was on the way. It just was what it was, but now, yeah, I, I was a huge theater geek too. Um, and, and, you know, musical theater and all that stuff. So, uh, I, every time I hear you talk about it on the podcast, I'm like, man, I, I can't wait to talk about that with, with Odie. So, <laughs> So let's transition uh, into you getting into the ring a little bit. Uh, obviously, you found this like kind of entry level show that you're a part of. Like, what's the first experience like for you? Is it literally just you're at a show and there's no ref and they tell you to go do it? Or like, did you kind of volunteer or like tell us a little bit about that story? And uh, if you remember your first match, let's hear about it. OK, um, I don't remember my first match off the top of my head. Um, sure. But I know that the first time that I actually put on a referee shirt, they had a battle royal going on uh, okay. at that show. I want to say that there was there might have been two refs or might have only been one referee uh, at that particular show. And that's why they had me throw on a ref shirt just for the visual effect. Um, yeah. But um, they had, you know, thrown me a ref shirt for this battle royal. And I just kept bugging them for probably about a month <laughs> of time. Um, and I was just like. Hey, can I get a match? Hey, can I get a match? Because yeah. you know my my, uh, my cousin's husband, his name is Corey. Shout out to Corey. Um, he what knew that I had understanding of the the business and stuff, but like um, he knew I didn't really have any training or you know any sort of stuff like that. And so he was kind of hesitant, and I just kept on, you know, kept on, kept you know, <laughs> bugging dun, dun, him. Dun, 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 Please. Like finally, he ended up giving me that opportunity. Like I said, I can't remember the first official like singles match, but sure. I ended up being at, uh, at UWA is what that company was called. Uh, it was like underground wrestling Alliance or something. I think, you know, one of those types. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's funny that you uh, mentioned that, uh, my first company that I was involved with that I've been talking about a bunch, you know, backyard company, uh, before yeah. I got trained, I did get trained, but, uh, was also called the underground wrestling Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, um, ended up doing stuff with them for, uh, they were around for like another two years after that. And they actually was doing some pretty cool things. They were on mm -hmm. the local, uh, the local access TV channel, um, running opposite of OVW. That's awesome. uh, and so, yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool. They were starting to do some stuff and, and get some pretty cool opportunities, but, um, there was too many chefs in the, <laughs> in the kitchen type deal. And, um, that's why they ended up closing down. <clears throat> so then when they closed down, it was just kind of like, okay, I guess this wrestling dream isn't going to work out for me. Uh, and I went back to the music because whenever I, <clears throat> I was still doing the music and I was still dabbling in both um, and some opportunities were starting to come along. I was also um, starting to hype man for a buddy of mine who uh, I'll shout him out all day. Elias Ozev, um, really dope rapper here from Louisville. Um, and he does like, you know, R&B type music too. So whenever I would hype man for him, I would be jumping around and, you know, doing that during the sure, rap stuff. Sure and you know ad libs over top of the you know more soulful type type rap songs that he had and and we had actually got some really cool opportunities and we had opened for like people that i grew up you know like project pat and like mm -hmm. uh 
you know, Lil White and uh, Silk the Shocker and like all kinds of like, you know, 90s rappers that Louisville likes to bring through here. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, so before we, we like pass off of it, uh, I'm a stickler when it comes to podcasts of like when I hear a name that I want to look up, I don't always know how to spell it. So why don't you spell it out for uh, anybody that wants to look up your friend? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's Eliezer Zev. It's E-L-I-E-Z-E-R Zev. So Z-E-V. There you so, go. Yeah, check him out for sure. He's got songs. Give him a follow, all that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Check him out. Um, but yeah, um, so and we were opening for, you know, a handful of people doing some cool things. And then um, the it was kind of crazy chance meeting with uh, Max Recon um, and AJ Kissinger, as we mm-hmm. had mentioned. Um, and me and him had like a two hour long conversation. And that was where I was like, OK, cool. I think this is what I want to do. Um, and it made me take, you know, the, the business a lot more seriously. We, we kind of had one of those conversations where at that time it was around 2015, 2016 ish. He was just kind of like, you know, in this area, there's not a whole lot of refs who are, you know, who are consistent with it and who are always there. Um, and either that, you know, they are, you know, wrestlers trying to, you know, or, uh, they're wrestlers who are training to be wrestlers, but they're just refereeing to get that ring time. You know, right. he kind of gets conversations and then we just talked about, you know, hopes and dreams and all kind of different stuff for uh, the better part of two hours. And, um, and just, that's why I always claim Max, Max is like my mentor, like my big brother, all that, just because he was the one who kind of like steered my head and started taking this more serious. And, and you can uh, definitely see that anytime you guys are around each other. Like, I don't think I've ever even been around the two of you at the same time, but like your guys' relationship with the, uh, with each other really just like shines through, you know, in social media and then your like presence with each other. Like it's definitely uh, a very close bond that like I've picked up on over time and uh, rightfully so, you know, both wonderful people, Max, I can't wait to have on here, obviously, you know, probably uh, any day now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man yeah absolutely max is a great great dude and like you can you can tell um who the the really good people are by the people you know by the boys who put them over and like yeah. a lot of the boys tell you that max is one of the most solid dudes anytime you ever need anything like max is there type stuff um and it goes for us too you know what i'm saying as far as our relationship and you know he didn't have to have that conversation with me he actually was trying to help me get onto another show um mm-hmm. and actually kind of what led to me getting on with iwm itself was i had showed up to a rival promotion that was running in the area at the time that max recon was a part of mm-hmm. um, and showed up and i was just like and i also knew quite a few of the guys in the locker room from the old company that i had worked for right and uh, but the promoters were just kind of like, eh, like, I guess they had their crew and they were fine. So they just kind of, you know, treated me like I wasn't anybody, which I really wasn't at the time. And I still really ain't. And but- not to mention the fact that, like, you know, you and I uh, are still in that kind of like uh, generation of like, that's what Zebra Talk is kind of all about is like when we first walked into locker rooms, it didn't matter who we were, like what we brought to the table. People saw a new referee and immediately were just like, oh, this guy's terrible. It's a referee yeah. I haven't heard of. He's going to be terrible. Um, which, you know, like I've said, is something that we're like trying to like affect change with this kind of thing going on. So please continue. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and so, but yeah, and then, um, so I went to that company and and that was actually the place where I had that conversation with Max after the show and all that stuff. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it was probably about a week after I had 
because the the thing that it brought me back was like it was a birthday or a benefit show or something and and Corey had gotten booked on it and I hadn't done anything wrestling and probably about eight months almost a year yeah. uh, it had been a while since I'd been in a wrestling ring and Corey was just like actually I don't even think Corey hit me up I think I hit him up and I was like yo you're booked at the arena because the the world famous Jeffersonville arena that everyone talks about mm-hmm. is two minutes road from my house so <laughs> I like there was a certain point where there was like 800 companies running out of the arena and I worked for every single one of them because there you go it is right up the road so can't get um, anybody closer <laughs> yeah and so um and not only that but it helps me get my you know get my reps in and stuff so absolutely plus, too tough Tony will do some birthday parties and I'll get to take you know stunners and all that so nice but, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot in the podcast. Like, that's a really important thing that a lot of people don't really pay a lot of attention to is like how important geographic location is to your career. Yeah. Like, like you said, you've had a billion opportunities with, uh, you know, countless innumerable other companies just because you happen to live so close to a venue. You know, like I uh, just happened to have the opportunity to be on television like two years in. You know, it was championship wrestling from Hollywood. It wasn't like it was a contract or anything, but like just because I happened to live in California and I was willing to make my way down there, you know, it's important that you, uh, if you decide to like really tackle this and like try to make it, you know, your career that you do so in a place where it can actually like, you know, help. Yeah. (laughs) But go ahead. But like, you know, as you were saying, it's beneficial to, live in an area like where I live because there's so many cars that pass through here, yes. you know, um, either that or so many car loads leaving out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, back when I was at IWA mid South, it was like every Thursday I would be could, to kind of fast forward a little bit. I, there would be a car load that I could always hop into and I could mm-hmm. always be like, Hey, where are you headed? You know what I mean? Um, whether it be a, you know, John Wayne Murdoch or a Shane Mercer or, you know, um, where are you guys I, ending up? I'll take a bus home. Let me jump in that, and throw some gas. Where are you at this weekend? Let me, can I ride with, you know, it's that simple. And uh, so, but yeah, me living where I have lived and then also living so close to the arena because, you know, at, like I said, at one time there was 800 different companies running out of there, but yeah. those companies have, have done some things or are still doing some things and have created a brand like a Paradigm Pro or IWA Mid-South, you know, Girl Fight Wrestling runs out of the arena. So it's like, you know, all these different companies that I've, and then not, not only that, but to work for a school like Grindhouse and, you know, work for a period, but like that, uh, we just <laughs> fast forwarded a lot. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, it's fine. We're jumping. <laughs> but uh, where are we? I'm lost. Help me get there. So, um, but yeah, uh, but to go back, yeah, I, um, that chance meeting with Max Recon and all that, and then ended up at IWA Mid South, and pretty much the rest is history, man. Like everything snowballed really, really fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? The rest is history. Go home. All right, we're done. Podcast over. <laughs> Man, well, some cool things happened and, you know, I'm still doing some cool things, but. <laughs> so let's talk about it. You have this uh, like life-changing conversation with AJ. Like, is this kind of when you make the transition from like, I'm doing this and I'm, you know, like happy with it and I'm enjoying it to like, okay, I am a pro wrestling referee now, and this is what I'm going to chase. And this is the career path that I'm like walking down now. Is this the moment or is that still a little ways off? It's not the exact moment, um, but that is definitely the conversation that I can look back to and be like, that was, that was what steered the ship. You know what I mean? Um, That moment came for me, I would say probably whenever I started at IWA Mm -hmm. Mid-South just because 
um, I didn't realize the magnitude of working for a company like IWA Mid-South until being there for, I'd say, probably, uh, I would say my first King of the Death match was really probably whenever I realized the history and the, you know, uh, prestige and all that different stuff of being at yeah, an IWA. The weight, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, my first Ted Petty Invitational was where it really, really hit me. Like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something. And then um, whenever I was starting to get bigger opportunities, that was when I was like, oh, we're traveling now? Okay, cool. Like, this is mm-hmm. what we're doing. Because like I said, I was doing the music before and it was very much the same grind. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, the, the only difference, which obviously made my job a lot easier, is that I wasn't putting myself over so much. Sure. <laughs> it was more... I'm just like, hey, I'm here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If me, I'm here, which is very much so how it was on the music game. It was like, hey, I'm here, but I also am a benefit to your show. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Which I guess it's like that on the, you know, the wrestling side too. Sure. Um, but I don't have to be so much. You're not of, selling tickets. Like, You're not trying to like, get yourself over and sell your merch and stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have, there's way less to worry about. Um, right. So, but at a certain point, I had to make a choice. And that was where I say I started taking the wrestling side a lot more serious because there was an open mic that I would do every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's called the Vibe Open Mic. Definitely got to shout those those guys out because they're still doing their thing every Thursday. Um, and it's grown to become one of the bigger open mics in the city, which is pretty cool to see. Um, but the Vibe used to run every Thursday. And that was kind of like my... Um, I guess my um, ladder to kind of build my brand and get myself out there, all that good stuff. And so sure. um, ended up, I started at IWA and they were running every Thursday as well. So it was like, I had to make a choice whether I wanted to keep on doing the open mic stuff or whether I, you know, wanted to take this wrestling grind more serious. And, you know, obviously like I was saying earlier, I made my choice and it was like, cool, that's fine. Like, um, here recently, my Thursdays have opened back up, and so I've been trickling back into the vibe. Um, kind of my move before I had, you know, had stopped doing the music stuff. As far as the vibe goes, I had a manager and all kind of cool stuff, and he was advising me that I shouldn't do open mics so much anymore and all kind of BS. And and so I started hosting shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I have my Thursdays back, I've actually been hosting shows again um, in the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, well, in the last two months, I've hosted probably three or four of the vibes just because either Sasha didn't have anybody else. Uh, and so she hit me up last minute or, you know, whatever. But like hosting those things, man, has been so rewarding just because like I'm showing up and seeing, you know, local rappers, which Louisville's always had a really dope like uh, music scene in general, not just hip hop, but all kinds of different music. And um, yeah, see all these rappers that I have no clue who these guys are. It's just like... <laughs> Cool. All right. I don't know yeah. who you are, but you got fire. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Because I'm very big on like independent, just supporting independent stuff in general, just because um, a lot of times I feel like the mainstream or the independent, what's going on in the independence is better than the mainstream. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but um, so yeah, that was really kind of when I started taking it more serious was whenever I had to make a choice. So let's uh, let's paint the picture a little bit. Obviously, we're very familiar with IWA Mid-South, but like, you know, sometimes you'll have listeners that like maybe are just starting their adventure. Paint the picture a little bit of like what IWA Mid-South is for anybody that's listening to this that like it's, you know, their first year in wrestling or anything like that. We've got all kinds of listeners. Tell us about uh, like who they are, what they're about. Paint the picture. Yep. So uh, IWA Mid-South is a Midwest company ran by Ian Rotten. Um, mm-hmm. And it is... Um, 
it's very uh it's a very prestigious company as far as like a lot of the guys that are featured on WWE right now um Came it was the doors yeah it was it was their like first opportunity first place that you know they had hit the road like you'll hear a lot of guys in interviews talk about that and um you know guys like Seth Rollins and Cesaro mm-hmm. uh Chris Hero Cassius Ono um, you know, all those guys are, are big Ian guys and still, you know, love Ian to this day. Like Seth Rollins will get Ian front row tickets anytime WWE's through town, you know. So, um, so yeah, it, it's just a very, very prestigious company, very good place to go to learn for guys. Mm-hmm. Also get reps in because that was definitely what I, you know, got out of IWA Mid-South was um, there was a time period for a good two or three months where I was, you know, the only referee. Um sure on and off actually in the four years that I was there. And uh, so in doing that, it's like, you know, people will kind of be like, Oh, you, you're getting slaved. And it's like, no, I'm getting my reps. In, you yeah. Know? Right. No, I'm getting spoiled. I get so many matches. Are you kidding? <laughs> Dude, in 2017, 18, when I came into IWA mid South, it was guys like, you know, Larry D Jake Christ were all cutting their teeth, but then you had like the, uh, you can't even really call them locker room leaders. Like the guys who were there, uh, the top guys at IWA when I came in, were like Eddie Kingston and Sugar Dunkerton and, you know, like, uh, well, Jake at that time, Jake Christ. And you know, so I'm working with the best in the world. And it's like, nah, I'm, I'm getting my reps in. Dude. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's always cracked me up when people talk about, like, doing more matches in a night, like it's a burden or something. Like, yes, it's exhausting. It's physical exertion. We're working sure. really hard, whatever. But, like, give me all the matches, bro. Like, dude. If somebody wants to do the main and let me do the other seven, cool. Sounds good. More matches. Like, I, I just love being in the ring. Go ahead. Well, and there's so much cool stuff going on right now, dude, that, like, me and, and some of my ref buddies, and we're going to make assignments, it's just like, dude, I want all of these. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? Dude, you go look at the card, and you're just like, how do I pick? <laughs> but, you uh, know, like, doing the ICW No Holds Barred, and, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm ref and it's like dude doesn't that get exhausting and it's like no nah, look at the matches i'm refereeing you know like but you know that's think that's about going. how excited you are watching all of these imagine you're actually in there while it's going on <laughs> yeah, exactly yep yep so um so yeah I, I, like i said i was getting my reps in at iwa mid-south and so um but yeah it's, it, iwa is just one of those destination places um it's definitely a place to uh to to learn um mm-hmm. and to get better um and to you know to get reps at like those guys who um recently after the quarantine just wanted to wrestle and mm-hmm. so they were coming back to iwa just to you know get that i guess break that little bit of rust off and stuff yeah, like get some ring I remember, time in yeah I, I remember nate webb right before he made you know well this i guess he's been on kind of a three or four year run at this point <laughs> that was supposed <laughs> to run and he's just kind of going with the flow but uh sure. Eight before he really started going hard, like he came to IWA Mid South. Um, I remember here recently, um, uh, Big Beef Gnarls Garvin. Um, he was hanging out at IWA, and that's like one of my day ones. He started with me at UWA. You know what I mean? Go. So, yeah. um, so like, he, and he was coming to IWA on a weekly basis for a good few months, and then before he started, you know, booking started picking up for him. You know, um, it's just one of those places to 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 get good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you get to be around other like-minded people that have the same goals and the same kind of drive and dedication. And you get to start cutting your teeth and really like learn how to swim out there with the sharks. Yeah, man. Uh, 
let's talk a little bit about where you transitioned from there. Uh, so like what kind of loops are you going on? What kind of, you know, like where do we go from there? What's the next step? Um, so from there I was, well, I was also, there was another person I was very fortunate to meet at IWA Mid-South and that's Mouse, um, mm -hmm. Bellamy, the photographer. Um, he at that time was going all over the place to, you know, not just take pictures, but also because there was a lot of really cool stuff going on at that time. And one of those places was Black Label Pro. Um, right. So I hopped in a card with Robert to, to, hit the, or to hit Black Label, got on with them. Um, another one was VLW, uh, Vicious, Outcast, uh, Vicious Outcast Wrestling. And at the time, IWA Mid-South, the, the culture was death matches. You know, we would do um, a death match show and then a regular show, like two shows a week for, you know, every week in 2017, 18-ish. And so um, VOW was a death match company that was doing some pretty big things at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, ooh, let me check out this death match lane over here. Um, like literally just any car that I could hop in, I would go to, you know what I mean? Um, also, uh, I've been trying to find a like uh, natural way to transition to it. So let's talk about it a little bit while we're there. Uh, Deathmatch wrestling. Like, let's just yeah. go ahead and dive in a little bit. Your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. Like I'd say uh, usually uh, over the course of the podcast, I'll like ask people, you know, like what kind of matches do you really like to be in? And what kind of matches do you really not like to be in? And the number one response, almost the exclusive response is I'm not interested in deathmatch wrestling. So yeah. I would really love to hear from your perspective because I'm a big deathmatch fan and I've done deathmatches, but I'm not really like full dive. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'd like to hear from your perspective, like what's go ahead. So, um, well, I was pretty much just kind of thrown into the fire by mm -hmm. starting in mid South. I'm not saying it like I was forced into it or, you know, anything like that. But um, at that time period, um, John Wayne Murdoch and Aiden Blackheart were bleeding every week. You know what I mean? And sure. um, uh, I think my first show at IWA Mid-South, I helped make a barbed wire bat. And so it's just go. kind of, this is just the culture. And, um, and so I got used to it pretty quick as far as like, and it's crazy because I actually have a weak stomach myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like I wasn't sure how I was going to handle the blood and, and blood touching me and all that. But, you know, once you're in the heat of the moment, adrenaline and all that, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but, um, it was just kind of like, uh, yeah, trial by fire. And I was just, you know, thrown in there and, and um, ended up, uh, it wasn't until I'd say um, my first King of the Death match is whenever I really was like, okay, like, cause they're working with guys like Murdoch and, and Aiden and stuff like, and there was other guys coming through, but like they tell, you know, they were telling a great story week by week because they were, kind of doing episodic television, I guess, and, and we're able to tell a story throughout that. But it wasn't until like my first King of the Death match where I really like appreciated like the art of deathmatch wrestling. And like it made me a like deathmatch fan. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, but it's kind of like um, there there were some death, you know, guys who wanted to be known as deathmatch referees and stuff and sure. all that good stuff. But like um I don't know. It was kind of like how with it, IWA, there was a necessity and, um, you know, with, uh, with deathmatch 
referees, there was a necessity for it. And it was just kind of like, I'm here and I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah, I don't um, think I've ever thought of you as like a deathmatch ref. I've always just kind of thought of you as like an indie ref who isn't uh, opposed to doing deathmatches and who right. like is proficient at deathmatches and does right. a lot of high profile ones. It's definitely not like a label that I have over your head or anything like that. Yeah. Well, it definitely took me like seeking those shows out to get mm-hmm. better. You know what I mean? Uh, just like with, you know, being a regular referee, a regular match referee, you have to get your reps in. Sure. And you know, those reps in, uh, in the deathmatch realm is definitely how I feel like I've, you know, became not just more comfortable, but then uh, more comfortable with myself in there, but then also more comfortable to make sure that everybody's going to be safe going home. Because right. that's number one priority, not just, uh, not just in deathmatch wrestling, but in wrestling in general, is we want to make sure everybody goes home safe. And right. uh, of course, so um so yeah it it was more just kind of a necessity for it and you know there's some really really at this point there's some really cool stuff going on in the deathmatch world um deathmatch on national tv and that's crazy dude (laughs) (laughs) Uh, before we move off of it let's uh you know we don't have a lot of opportunities to talk to people who are so uh proficient in deathmatch wrestling what are some common misconceptions uh, and what are some things that you think uh, are really important for specifically other referees to know going into them, but also just like people in general? What are some really important things to know? Go ahead. Um, some uh, common misconceptions um, is that they are guys who can't really wrestle. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions is that they, one they can... me out the most. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they tried to, you know, do death matches. Nah, a lot of these guys have a passion for this. You know what I'm saying? Like deathmatch wrestling is what they want to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of these younger guys, like um, there's dudes out here cutting their teeth who like, they literally grew up watching IWA Mid-South and watching CZW and watching, you know, all this stuff that is out here now because they are 23, 24, 25, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, that's just I what mean, they even go- on the other side of it too, you know, like you talk to Nick Gage about wrestling for like more than five minutes and you understand that like he is a lifelong die hard, like dedicated, like professional wrestler, you know, like he yeah. grew up watching old Southern style main event punch kick Memphis wrestling and loves yeah. Southern wrestling. Like he just also happens to be the best deathmatch wrestler in the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And well, and then you also got dudes like, you know, Alex Cologne who yeah. like Alex, he's been out here wrestling for you know a good 20 years or so and was doing like banger matches before that you know um it was just he um the the thing about deathmatch wrestling um i'd say like the the thing that i like it the most is the passion of the fans Mm -hmm. Uh, fans of deathmatch wrestling like i don't know what it is but like you can go to a deathmatch wrestling show and the fans will be into every single thing and will never die. Um, like they are just there for everything. Whereas like you can go to some, you know, uh, I could think of an IWA Mid-South, for instance, show where, you know, the main event will be like a um, Jake Chris versus Mance Warner. Mm-hmm. And you know, by the time it gets to that match, the crowd's on their hands. And you know, it's not because of those guys. You know what I'm saying? It's just because the crowd is just blah. You know, they've yeah. seen so you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, not just on that show, but like um, in this area, fans are, are really kind of spoiled. So maybe it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess, <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> I feel it. I feel it. But I get what you're saying, though. The the point that you were trying to make, though, is that like deathmatch fans are uh, like a entity unto themselves when it comes to sh- the shows. You know, they're ravenous. They are bloodthirsty and diehard yeah. and dedicated. And I think they. I don't necessarily think that they're like turning it on or anything like that, but I think that they go into shows knowing that there are so many common misconceptions and there is such a stigma around the thing that they love so much that they really want to like do their part in making sure that it's a good environment and that the show looks great, you know, on film later and everything. And obviously they, you know, get crazy wrapped up and just involved in everything that's going on. It's pretty great. Uh, well, on the flip side of it, and then on the flip side of that, you've also got, you know, guys out here who have put in their work and put in their time to this business, like, you know, a Matt Cardona or Chris Jericho, who's just like, that looks kind of interesting. I think I want to try yeah. it. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> like it, it's 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 crazy times right now, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what are some things that you think are important for uh, specifically refs, but just people in general to know about uh, deathmatch wrestling? Like, are there any tips that you have for referees that maybe you're going in for the first time? Um, yeah, man, just you got to keep your head on a swivel. Um, that's the that's the biggest, um, biggest tip, I would say, definitely for um, any referee who doesn't have much experience who's going into one. Um, you got to definitely keep your head on a swivel and, and make sure that um, anything that you think that if they would fall on, it might slice them open. Like for instance, the end of the light tubes or, you know, the glass will break sometimes and it'll be like a U shaped and, you know, you'll have the two sharp edges and you got to kick, either kick those out or smash them or, you know, just any of that stuff. Um, anything you think they might get hurt on, they will. <laughs> they will. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cause they're going to hurt themselves up enough anyway. You know what I'm saying? um like as far as you know cutting themselves like dude it popped me so hard when nick gage gave uh gave chris jericho the pizza cutter in the first like two minutes yeah of the match. right <laughs> yeah welcome to deathmatch wrestling buddy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay um, so uh let's transition on a little bit uh you had mentioned black label you'd mentioned icw no holds uh, i want to make sure that we give them a fair amount of time uh obviously you know, IWA really helped you like find your own as a professional wrestling referee. Let's talk about where you go from there. We're actually kind of leading into the uh, time frame where you and I ran into each other over in Indiana once upon a time. So let's go That's ahead right. and uh, tell these stories. How, how did we get from there to here? So, like I was saying, Mouse threw me in his car um, right. and ended shout up at Black- Mouse. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Mouse. He's a great dude. Um, if you uh, check him out. I can't remember his, I'm pretty sure his, uh, his handles and all that stuff is just mouse's wrestling adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, he takes amazing pictures. Uh, actually that picture, since we were talking about it a second ago, the picture of Matt Cardona being showered and, and, you know, trash where he's sure. looking down at the W title that was actually taken by mouse. So, uh, mouse is there for everything. Um, and he was going to black label. This is, I think their, third show ever mm-hmm. um and threw me in the car mikey gave me an opportunity and um and so got on with them and um yeah and so and then that led to uh black label led to uh i'm trying to think of what else after that anyway regardless me and you had met um <laughs> it was so duh, that that show was so much fun um 
And it wasn't even that packed of a show, which is surprising. It was empty, bro. Like, it was a great show. It was fire. Luckily, it was, like, being streamed. But, like, I walked into the building and was so stoked about the room. And then, like, I felt so bad for the boys when I looked at the, like, people out there. I was just like, where is everybody? This is a dope show. Like, uh, yeah, Yeah. anyway, you tell the story. Well, and I think what was uh, somewhat detrimental to that was... uh, Heroes and Legends, which mm-hmm. runs in the same town, was running on the same day. And I gotcha. think it's fans, you know what I mean? But like you said, dude, the Black Label show that we were on was stupid stacked. Like, Marco Stunt was on it. Uh, the Godfather, Nick Gage was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, stupid stack. Um, I think that was when I had a conversation with uh, Gage where, like, he recognized me from California and was just like, Odie, what are you doing here? This is Indiana. And I was like, what, bro? Just trying to get, yeah, you know, make some towns or whatever. And he's like, bro, okay. <laughs> it's it's so it's funny how Gage will notice little shit like that, man. Cause he's he's done that to me before at, at a couple of different towns. And it's just like, oh, you remember me? That's right. Dude, you're Gage. So cool. <laughs> so. I mean, for me to like walk into a place with like, uh, you know, my glasses on and street clothes and for anybody to recognize me yeah. is like a pretty cool experience for me because like I'm I'm Clark Kent status when it comes to like being out of my stuff. Like people that I just reffed have literally forgotten me, you know, like 10 yeah. minutes later when I get changed. Oh, dude, trust me. I know because of this little thing right here. Right. Dude, if I, if I have my hair down like or you know having a ponytail it's like you know especially with my glasses on they'd have no clue who i am and it's like i'll put the the gear on and you know spruce the hair up and stuff and it's just like oh hey sean when'd you get here right (laughs) (laughs) actually shout out to somebody else with a really great memory um i refed aj gray in uh la like maybe two years ago or something like that and i knew that i had met him but i didn't expect him to like remember me so when i introduced myself i was like what's up man i'm Odie," and he's just like yeah i know you ref me in indiana i was like bro bet okay cool (laughs) thanks (laughs) uh yeah so you're in black label now you're ripping and rolling with mouse go ahead so um and then also too uh that that was what i was trying to think of the next i think uh, the next notable place that I got to after that, be- thankful to Mouse, was uh, Glory Pro mm-hmm. uh, in St. Louis. Um, and then, you know, getting chances with, um, uh, well, and then Paradigm was starting up around that time period. And, you know, Paradigm was doing some really cool things, too. Um, and so, like, things are just, like I said, they were just starting to roll really fast. And um, and then any car that I got an opportunity to hop in, I would like a resistance pro was another one that I had hopped in the car and just, you know, cause Shane Mercer was booked and I was like, Hey, where are you at this weekend? He said, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Chicago. And then ended up, that was a show where he picked up the bleachers and tossed them around. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> Here we are. Like, you know, so, but like I said, like 2008, 2017, 2018, there was so much stuff rolling mm-hmm. that it was like, Hey, where are you going to be at? You know, and let me get there. So, um, but yeah, like, um, I would say, um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously you've paved quite a path for yourself. You've, you know, scratched off a lot of names as far as companies, people that you've worked with, things like that, uh, on your list, you know, and just the past, like 
20 minutes of places that you've been talking about have kind of been a who's who of like places that any referee in the world would want to work for, obviously. What kind of goals do you have left for yourself? What do you want to get out of wrestling? Um, what would make you feel like you were satisfied with your career? Talk about that. Um, well, it, it used to be hardcore and it still is to, you know, to a certain extent, um, I, I really want to make this my full-time job. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, I, I, I hate working a nine to five. I've never wanted to work a nine to five, obviously, because it was either music or this. And those are very, you know, um, not nine to five. <laughs> not, and so, um, so yeah, that's like the ultimate goal, I guess, is I would love to make this a full-time job. Um, but right now while I'm doing what I'm doing, um, like my biggest goal is just to add or to be beneficial to any show that I'm on. Um, and then also like we had mentioned earlier, like I, I, I live by that, leave the business better than you found it. Um, and I had really gotten an opportunity to, um, I guess, take that chance on not just myself, but on the business by getting an opportunity to work at two tough Tony school, uh, grindhouse wrestling Academy. Um, and I've been there now for about, three years I'd say um, and he runs student shows and I come in and I'll help and then also whenever they do seminars or every now and then I'll pop in a class and, and help you know ref matches because like I like I was saying earlier that's how I get my reps in now yeah is, uh, is I'll go to like seminars and stuff and you know a lot of times the seminars will end up doing those uh, doing you know matches like five ten minute matches or whatever and uh, and I'll just be like hey whoever I'm here let me ref you know whatever mm -hmm. and and I'll, I'll work on things that I need to work on in the ring while at, like, for instance, there was, um, which hey, you know, it happens. I, I pulled my count one time. So it was like, Hey, let me work on yeah, not knowing the best of us. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I was like, Hey, let me, let me work on not knowing the finish. So I would work <laughs> a match. Uh, and I still kind of do this just to, you know, get the reps in. I won't know the finish of what they're doing just so that I can get that practice and, yeah. and I won't screw up, you know what I'm saying? Still like to know the finish, but <laughs> <laughs> it's when you count three brother. <laughs> um, we would be, uh, Oh, actually I wanted to say before we transition off to that, uh, I can't recommend that highly enough uh, attending seminars as a referee. Like a lot of people, um, don't really take up those opportunities because they see that it's for wrestlers only. And like, I couldn't like disagree with that more. Like I've mm -hmm. been through a bunch of seminars and honestly, like the majority of the time I'm the only referee that's there. And then I get, like you said, a crazy amount of reps that like you would have never expected to be able to get. Like uh, I did a Lucha underground tryout once with mm -hmm. Vampiro and there were like 30 dudes that were there and they each paired off and he had each one of them do a five minute match twice. And I was the only ref. So I just was doing that all day over and over and over. And Vampiro was in the ring with us tweaking things as we were going. And obviously we're the only ones that are staying in the ring. So as we're waiting for people to come in out, he's given me feedback too. So like, it was amazing, like such a worthwhile experience. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I've, um, well, and going back to Mouse, <laughs> we've done shouted him out a few times, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Um, well, even going back even further to whenever Mouse was doing the Tuesdays at the arena thing, mm -hmm. and you know, I, like I, I have a daughter, um, a five year old daughter, and um, shout Tuesday, out to the baby girl. yeah, shout out to shout out to JJ. Um, but um, 
Tuesday just so happens to be the day that I don't have her. She's with her mom. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, hop up there, just hop on my bike and ride it up to the arena just to go hang out and see, you know, what's going on. And um, there were a few weeks where it was just Mouse and a couple other wrestlers and Billy and, you know, and they were just doing their thing. But like there was also times where like um, he would bring in like uh, Zachary Wentz, which is known. What, what's his name now? Um, Nash Nat- Carter. Yeah, I think. yeah, I think Nash Carter. NSK. He would he brought him, <laughs> um, uh, I think twice he brought him in for a seminar. Um, and then uh, ACH was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mike Bennett was the most recent that he brought in, and like just all these different like names of people who are like incredible talent and yeah, like definitely worthwhile. The, what and what was cool about the ACH one was I had just came off of refereeing, uh, what was. I think it was him and Leo Rush mm-hmm. at a break. I had just refereed that match. And then it was a week later, um, we had worked on the Indianapolis GCW show together. And then it was like a week after that, he did Mouse's seminar at the arena. And it was like, I, I, I saw ACH, you know, and by the time we seen him and see him and all of a sudden, right. yeah. by, by the time we had done that seminar, he was like, you know, calling me by a first name basis. And I'm just like, and I'm calling him Albert. And I'm just like, you know, Oh, do we just become friends? Like, <laughs> you know? do we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's crazy stuff like that. So very cool. Uh, that was a nice organic transition into what I actually wanted to talk about previously. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what your biggest, newest ventures are right now. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. you've got a lot going on with ICW, no holds barred. And you just, uh, you know, not just recently, but like you've been really like sinking your teeth in with game changer wrestling. Let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about those ventures that you've been diving into. For sure, man. Um, those are some opportunities that I never in a million years thought that I would, you know, be fortunate to be a part of, um, which is ridiculous first and foremost, because like, I didn't even realize that you didn't already work for them when you started working for them. I just assumed you were a game changer wrestling guy, <laughs> but so, go ahead continue. So the first, the, the first game changer show that I had done was actually um, the Nashville show. Okay. Uh, that Shane Mercer was on um, uh, Shane Mercer um, threw one of the stunts off the stage. Um, and then there was um also on that one, Mance Warner and Effie, and they did some crazy WCW theme match. It was kind of funny. But anyway, that was my first official, my first official game changer show. Although that was one of those I just showed up with Shane and, you know, was thrown a match. And mm-hmm. uh, so I don't really call it my first official. My first official official was that Indianapolis world on GCW. Okay. Um, and um, and that was literally just, you know, I, I showed up. Um, Chris had recognized me from the group, Chris Levin. Yeah. Um, and um, and then more or less ended up giving me a shot. Uh, and then also was able to do um, the collective in October, the makeup collective in October. Yeah. Um, and then I also did um, some stuff on the collective um, here recently in Tampa. And mm-hmm. so, and that's really been all the GCW stuff that I've gotten to do. But like every time, man, I have a blast. And actually because of me doing the GCW stuff, it's pretty much what led to me doing the ICW stuff um, because, you know, Chris Levin, who is the man and runs himself too thin, but Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Chris Levin, um, Chris, uh, we were at that world on GCW show um, in Indianapolis and he had asked me if 
um, he was like, Hey, are you available for this weekend coming up? It's mm -hmm. like the next following weekend. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have a shoot job who is, you know, flexible and um, and who works with my schedule, who knows that, you know, I view the professional wrestling business as like another job. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and so um, they were very cool with it. They were like, hey, yeah, cool, because I, I literally needed three days off notice, <laughs> yeah. three or four days off notice um, to do ICW the next weekend. Um, and then that was ICW No Holds Barred 6 which is the show that uh, John Wayne Murdoch did the destroyer off the thing through the contraption with glass off the and thing rock. through the thing and everybody yeah. died and there was blood and it was, <laughs> it was yeah. 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 It was John Wayne Murdoch and Orrin Veidt was the main um, of that one. And yeah, they went ham. But like I said, that, that had, G, me being a GCW and me being available the following weekend led to me being an ICW um, and, uh, love icw i love the environment there i love the locker room um danny demonto uh you know ryan the struggles uh, as far as the commentator and, and ron Neamey are two of the best um like everything about icw is just love being there love showing up there love being a part of it um and so um once i got that opportunity it was like any time that I saw that they had dates coming up, I was literally in, 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 at first in Chris's inbox and I felt like I was annoying Chris. So <laughs> ended up, you know, I started just hitting up Danny directly. And I was like, yo, man, like, you know, if you need me, I'm there. And he was like, you're my guy. And so it's really cool because now if Chris isn't there, then I'm there. Uh, or if Chris can't be there, then I'm there by myself. But if Chris can be there, it's me and him together. And, uh, and it's what great learning tree to sit under. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, literally what I was about to say, me and him working together, um, I've, you know, been able to learn so much and just mm -hmm. you know, really getting to know Chris has been awesome. Absolutely. Uh, what's next for you? What, uh, what do you got coming up in the works? We're kind of winding down time. Uh, you know, we're in the last like five minutes. I do like to give everybody an opportunity, you know, if you want to, obviously get over your socials and everything, but um, if you've got shows coming up that you want to plug, if there are, you know, like uh, maybe wrestlers that you think people don't really know about yet and they should, or other refs or anything like that, let's just take some time and talk about any of the things you think people should know about leaving this. Sure. Um, well, I think um, the coming up as far as um, shows go, I've got ICW in Texas coming up this coming weekend. Very cool. Um, that's going to be incredible. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, some New Wave Pro stuff coming up at the end of this month. Um, Glory Pro is running on the 22nd of August. Um, and Eddie Kingston is, is making his return. Uh, love to see Eddie back on the indies, man. <laughs> like, right. I saw him at, uh, I think it was AW, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> I love that he's on the indies and he's not released or fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, and as far as like, you know, stuff to, to put over, man, um, I would say the biggest thing that I, I definitely want to put over is IWTV, um, yeah. that's Amen. one of my in professional wrestling right now, like period. Um, just because like, it's such, a, a you know, resourceful, um, tool. It's so easy for people to, you know, get, um, it's really not expensive at all. Like if, yeah. if you have to be network or a peacock you know, subscription, you could afford, um, IWTV. Um, and then not only that, but like, like I said, it just, it gets 
so many different people in front of so many different eyes. Like I'm mm-hmm. in the process right now of learning and um, and going back and watching um, Deathmatch Down Under, okay. which is Australia, Australia, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my ref mentors, uh, Guido, is actually like one of their wrestlers now. He like yeah. started doing yeah. Deathmatch wrestling and moved to Australia of all places. Dude, uh, well, I actually just listened to an interview that dropped with Guido. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so uh, I heard all about that story. It's pretty cool. And actually, the podcast is an Australian podcast that's over there that he had done. So, Very cool. um, but yeah, man. So, like, going back and, and, you know, being able to watch that and stuff. Plus, there's so much, you know, back catalog for all kinds of different companies. Like, you can go back and watch old IWA Mid-South on there. Right. There's some old. W, there's even old like the the foundation of game changer wrestling that's on mm-hmm. there you can watch you know so um that's that's probably one of my favorite things in wrestling right now plus i'm all over that mug so uh, <laughs> plus you know you might see me a little bit <laughs> well like if you know free free game for uh any anybody tuning in any any of the boys any of the referees that was kind of like my trajectory like my path whenever i first started was powerbomb tv was first kind of starting to be a thing and mm-hmm. uh which that was the the original inception of uh of iwtv was powerbomb yeah. tv and um and that was just starting to become a thing and so it was kind of like that was where i needed to be you know any any company that was going to be on powerbomb ended up IWTV that was where I needed to be and so that was a big driving force and me trying to get on a black label pro besides it you know the opportunity being there sure. but uh, one of the big major things that you know made me want to be there was the fact that it streamed on IWTV same thing with uh you know like a glory pro mm-hmm. um at the time they were doing some stuff on IWTV um I really IW- can't stress how important it is to like do something like this in your career like there's so many people that, um, you know, like they don't know what direction they want to go in. So they just Mm -hmm. try to go in all of the directions and nothing really like hits. And they're just kind of like, not sure what to do. Like, like you said, you found, you know, the Powerbomb TV, you had a list of places that were like covered on Powerbomb TV. And you're like, all right, cool. Let's just start crossing names off of a list. Like the minute that you start actually having some focus and some like, uh, like direction, your doors will start opening. Exactly. Yeah, man. It, it, it It's like you got to make a roadmap, you know what I'm saying, yeah. of, of where you want to go to get to where you're going. You know what I mean? And uh, and Powerbomb made it really easy because I could literally just go to the categories and promotions or whatever that, you know, and there's my list right there yeah. of all these companies that I, I need to try and, you know, find a way to be a part of. Um, and so, uh, yeah, man, it's definitely, definitely helped me a lot. Um, not just, you know, um, you know, not just be aware of what's going on because, you know, I watch more independent stuff than I do mainstream by far, like I was earlier, but also too, but for, for me to be seen, you know, um, yeah. so it, it, IWTV is definitely the, the, the move right now um, uh, to put over some companies. Um, definitely check out Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Um, that is, you know, my home. Um, I, the, the people that started that company, um, are boys of mine from before I was doing wrestling. You know what I mean? It just so happens that they were IWA Mid-South fans and we were all in the same place at the same time. And it was like, you know, and then they started a wrestling company and it was like, I got to be a part. So yeah, uh, absolutely. So Paradigm Pro Wrestling is, is doing some really cool things. Actually, I think that they're 
coming out your way here soon. Oh. They're doing a joint show with Kita's uh, with the company that Kita's home uh, home fit. Very cool. What is that? Have to keep my eyes out for that. That W uh, WAC without a cause. Yep. Yeah, they're doing a joint show with them coming up here soon. So, um, but yeah, uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling is is something really cool that's going on. As far as wrestlers go, um, all right. Well, let me put over some refs. Definitely check out my guy Aaron Grider, Grider Groove on social media, um, and then also Max Max Trecon, AJ Kissinger. Got to put over both those guys. That is like my crew. Couldn't sing um, the praises enough. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, Aaron hasn't been in the business very long, but you know he was very fortunate to link up with you know someone like me and Max Recon, um, and the three of us met, like love both those guys. We we help each other out. They help me out a lot. Um, so and yeah, love both those guys. Definitely check check out both those dudes. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to my guy Daniel Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, killing it on impact and all that good stuff. Um, me and him, uh, he's also, he's another one of my day ones. Um, somebody that I got my start with and then to see him flourish where he's gotten to and, and doing the things that he's doing is incredible, man. I so. was actually wondering about that when we first started the conversation, because like I've seen you around so much that I didn't actually know where you live or like where you're from, which is pretty mm-hmm. funny. Uh, but like <laughs> to hear you talk about like being from that area, I was like, wait, who have I heard this story from? Daniel Spencer's from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and Daniel had kind of got his start uh, at the, the Grindhouse Pro Wrestling Academy. Um, and then, you know, by getting his reps in, he flourished really fast and, and he got it and, and was able to get opportunities with OVW and stuff. And, uh, and him, I've actually gotten to work with OVW and got to cross that off the bucket list. Cause my, my thing with working for OVW was, um, I've didn't really want, so I'm not a big fan of pay to play (laughs) when I was music. um, I was not, you know, there was promoters that was trying to get me to pay $500 to open for whatever a young Jeezy or, you know, whoever. And I'm not a big fan of that. So when it came to getting a license, um, I had already had so much opportunities that was, you know, uh, sprouting out, you know, so quick and stuff that it was just like, I don't really need a license. So I'm good. Uh, but it was still always a dream to work for OVW, obviously, because, you know, growing up in this area, everyone knows OVW. And so um, because of Daniel, he, I had got that opportunity uh, during the quarantine. They ran in the wild, wild west over here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> and so because I t- so to, to clarify, I technically live in Indiana. I live in okay. Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is at the very bottom of Indiana. Gotcha. Um, and my house is about two minutes from the Louisville Bridge. Right. So I. I I grew up in Louisville, but I technically live in Indiana. Mm. So, yeah. so you're in just a primo spot being so close to everything. <laughs> exactly, man. It, it's It's been very, very fortunate. <laughs> very cool. Um, any wrestlers? And then let's make sure that we get your socials over too before we wind things down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, as far as wrestlers go, man, um, I, yo, two of my favorite guys in the business um, – Actually, and they're both in my top five, my personal top five, but um, two guys that I feel like people know of but don't know enough about. Sure. Um, one of them, for sure, that I have to mention is an Aaron Williams. Okay. Uh, Aaron Williams is one of the most talented dudes in, the, um, in America, really, and uh, in the world. And he 
he should be a millionaire and it's sad that he's not. Um, so I would definitely have to say Aaron Williams. Um, he's a two time back to back, you know, TPI winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had matches with all of your favorite wrestlers throughout the years. You know what I mean? Um, and so hopefully here soon he will get his shine and get his due. Um, he recently had an opportunity with ICW no holds barred. Um, and, uh, it's crazy because halfway through that match, he smacked his face on the concrete and doesn't mm. remember the last half of it. Mm. It was still amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> and like, so anybody that can do that uh, definitely has all my praises. So Aaron Absolutely. Williams, best. Um, and I definitely got to put over uh, Jake Christ. Um, Jake Christ is one of the best in the world. Um, and he has had the worst amount of luck <laughs> in the okay. last in the last, I'd say, two to three years. Um, so that's somebody I definitely will always put over. Actually, I'm wearing a shirt, you know, right there now at the moment. So, like, it's one of my dudes. Um, I mean, if we're shouting out shirts, Rob Horn, the ghoul is not- here, New Orleans. <laughs> what's up? But anyway, uh, you're saying. Um, but, yeah, uh, Jake is one of the best in the world, um, and he, he just gets it. And I feel like that guy should be everywhere. Um, so definitely give that guy an opportunity. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for that. Let's get your socials in and then we'll go ahead and wind things down. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's all the same uh, at official SPO 502. Um, and then I'm on Facebook too, if you want to follow me, but I'm maxed out on friends. So, but, um, but definitely follow me on, out on friends. No big deal, bro. You know, I got like 5,000 <laughs> friends on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I guess it's a humble brag, but uh, no, not even really. Cause like, okay. So like, I'm going to take your humble brag and I'm going to cut you down a little bit because your handle is so hard for me to remember at (laughs) every time. How many times have I texted you randomly in the middle of the night and been like, what's your Twitter? (laughs) Every time I'm like, Sean, no, O'Brien, no man. But what is this dude's name? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> well and what's funny is that uh i've actually started to get referred to as either spo or spo okay. so I'm, I'm like people just see my handle so much that they are just like oh okay yeah spo and that helps them maybe so maybe that's an easy way for you to start remembering it there you go <laughs> spo you could be like the ref rsp spo <laughs> yeah, sure cool man well, hey we both you. got right yeah both got the man (laughs) well thank you so much for being on the show it was awesome to finally get down and uh have a chance to chop up with you obviously you were definitely on the list from the very get-go but you know it's nice to have you on here and let people hear a little bit about who you are and where you're from and your life experiences so yeah seriously thank you so much for being here dude dude hey i appreciate you bringing me on i appreciate everything that you have done for this business and for referees in general because as i was saying at the beginning man uh zebra talk is probably the best tool for people who do what we do um hands down um and then also too we got some pretty cool ass gear too so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you very much for that i appreciate it (laughs) yeah everything that you do man you are the man and uh, i can't wait to see you again yeah absolutely uh thank you very much folks for joining us if you would like to support the zebra talk fund zebra talk itself the zebra talk podcast all of us uh we have uh the pro wrestling backslash zebra talk we've got t-shirts we've got hats we've got sweaters buttons track suits all kinds of stuff we might have fanny packs coming soon what i didn't Ooh. say that did i say that maybe i said that um if you yourself would like to be on the show and you're a referee please email me at zebra talk one two 
three at gmail.com. That is also where you can apply for the Zebra Talk Fund. For those of you who don't know what that is, once a month, we take a referee who is traveling outside of their home area that applies for the fund, and we help them out a little bit with their expenses. All of the, prof- uh, all of the profits from Zebra Talk merch goes straight into the fund. So please, shop, 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 buy some gear, rep the refs, you know, help out your friends uh if you want to find zebra talk on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter at zebra talk one two three and then you can find me on instagram twitter at od one kenobi if you are a referee and you're not in the zebra talk group yet find me at robert od brown on facebook or any of the other refs that you know they're probably in it already and we'll get you in the group and on that note Thank you again very much for being here. And thank you very much, folks, for listening, watching, however it is that you're taking this in. Please like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz. And uh, yeah, see you next time.